0: Hey guys, welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amopola, and I am so, so excited for today's episode. Um, If you guys have been a follower of me for a while, you know that I talk about sex quite a bit, but today I want to take it one step further. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast And just can find something new and and can like learn something new. I think this conversation is actually talked about a lot, but I think it's talked about in the wrong manner and we're getting our influence on the wrong things. And so I bring, I'm bringing on a special guest today to talk about sex. I know, Uh, but it's something I'm actually pretty passionate to talk about because I think sexuality is a huge, huge part of our lives. It can negatively affect us or positively affect us. And so, um, I'm going to share a little bit more about my story and everything. And you guys, if you've been a follower for me for a while, you know, a little bit about my story. Um, and I can, you know, do a separate podcast a little bit more about my testimony as I plan to do. Um, but this conversation I think is just something that is, it's talked about a lot, but it, it, it's just so, um, I'm trying to think of the word, <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people talk about it and they're just like, they had this mentality of just like, oh yeah, sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. It's fine. It's your body. Do what you want. And I kind of want to just have this open conversation about it um, with my guest and just have you guys listen to maybe something you've never heard before. Maybe you've never heard sex discussed this way before. So we'll just get into it and we'll just uh, introduce my guest. So welcome, Mo. How are you today?
1: Hello, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. And thanks for even having the courage to facilitate this conversation. It's important. So I'm I'm excited for what we're going to dive into today too. I wonder if your listeners are sweating or trying to get somewhere that no one can hear what they're listening to. It won't get raunchy. It won't get weird.
0: <laughs> Mo, why don't you just give me like an introduction to yourself, what you do, who you are and everything of that sort.
1: Sure. Yeah. My name is Mo Um, Isam Aiken.
0: I am uh,
1: an author and a speaker. I travel around uh, the country as well as the world sharing the gospel, teaching, and um, just ministering, especially to the hearts of women. Uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia with my husband, Jeremiah. We've been married almost six years. Anniversary weekend is pretty soon. Um, And we have three little kids and a fourth taken up womb and board to show for it. And um, we just get this great delight of really being uh, what we call ourselves as a multi-generational family team on mission together. And, you know, what that looks like and how that plays out is dynamic and kind of always changing. But um, it's a blast. We love Jesus. We love Yeshua, the Lord. And um, just commit our lives to walking with him and, and sharing. I feel like what he often puts on on my heart uh, are the hard, the taboo, the um, messy or the unspoken, bold conversations that he actually deeply desires the body of Christ be having. And he deeply desires those who don't profess Christ hear and know and receive uh, because he, he loves us even in our mess and even in, the midst of the the hard stuff that the church keeps too quiet. So mm, that's us so in good. a nutshell, I guess.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, I am so inspired by you. So I actually found out about Mo. Um, I stumbled across um, some panel. My friend Alec Bevere was on this panel and I was like, oh, like, that's so cool. I've never seen Alec like preach before or talk before. So I go on there, Mo's on this panel. And then I heard Mo say that she was um, doing this like dating fast or something, an intimacy fast. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world is that? <laughs> and so based off of that, I started like following your other videos. And then I can't remember, but some, one of my friends gave me your book. It was the book, Sex, Jesus, and the Conversation, The Church Forgot. Yeah. And I have recommended this book to so many of my followers because um, as I was reading through this book, I related to it so incredibly much. Um, growing up in the church, growing up, um, with Christian parents, growing up, always knowing like, don't have sex, don't have sex. It's so bad. Honestly, like, you know, stampeding around, bragging to my friends and just like wearing my period ring, being like, I'm a virgin, I'm a virgin (laughs) and putting myself on my, on this little pedestal of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a virgin. And like, but you're not. And honestly, judging people that weren't, and then I lost my virginity. And it was like, my entire identity was like shattered, because I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm not a virgin anymore. Like, what, what do I have now? Yeah. And so that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but I really resonated with your book, and so why don't you kind of tell them a little bit more about your book and kind of like what the preface is with that?
1: Sure. Yeah, I was actually compelled to write um, "Sex Jesus" and "The Conversations the Church Forgot," really out of the blue by the Spirit of God. I was finishing my first book, which was uh, "Wreck My Life," and I and just sharing my testimony of coming to faith through a significant amount of adversity, like you, raised up in the church, but. Uh, When that religion actually has to become real and applicable and (laughs) becomes actual relationship. It was through a lot of adversity for me. And as I finished that book, I realized, you know, I'm looking at this trajectory of my life, of my testimony of brokenness, confusion, pain, um, seeking love in all the wrong places, then this radical encounter with Jesus And a complete shift and change to everything, um, every way that I had lived, everything that I had sought. And I said, there is a huge piece in here that parallels this, that is my sexual testimony, really. Brokenness, pain, confusion, the world teaching me versus me knowing truth, knowing the word, then this radical encounter with Jesus and a complete change of trajectory. And I was like, I can't squeeze this into one chapter of a small book. Like, this is a lot. There is a lot. I knew exactly like you knew, sort of this vain virginity vow, this self-righteousness in um, my works, then this living in the gray area of pushing boundaries and claiming virginity, but just everything possible besides the final thing behind closed doors. I had struggled with pornography, was addicted from about age nine to, to 19 when, when the Lord delivered me and had even been involved in an adulterous relationship in college with a married man on a drunken night. I mean, just such a mess and so many things to unpack. And the Lord said, I, I, I want you to write all of these areas that you have, you know, um, spiritual jurisdiction that are part of your story. I want you to speak into them because there are so many who need to hear all that you learned. And I just thought, um, well, no, thank you. <laughs> I would rather not. I would, my mom's gonna faint if she reads this. Like this is our mess, mess, right? Like our sexual yeah. uh, when when sexuality is misunderstood, confused, when the enemy uses our vulnerability, our shame, our bodies, when we pander ourselves, these become the darkest and most shameful parts of our story. Or we um uh overcompensate, we try to act like it doesn't matter, and so they become the most shameless parts of our story. Yet we are yeah. lying to ourselves alone, knowing we feel empty and broken and for whatever reason, this has just been such an area of sex and sexuality that the enemy has just silenced the people of God with shame, just muzzled. And yet the world is more than happy to talk about it all the time, really. I mean, you can't watch a cat right. commercial without it being over-sexualized. So I just remember after yeah. I came to know Christ and he just began to totally change my sight and heal me and give me understanding. I just grew this righteous like, anger of like, why aren't The goodness of God and his healing are so great in light of all of this. Why are we so silent about it? And what I just started to press into like, what did I learn from the church? What are they saying? Are they not saying? And what does the God who knows us and sees us and loves us desire be spoken into and unpacked? And so um, that was what kicked off this book. And really now for almost two years, it's kicked off some of the deepest and um, most profound moments of ministry and healing and conversation that I have ever walked through because he was exactly right. There were so many people waiting for someone to go first and to be bold and to say the thing because they had been silenced by shame too. But th- the word says that the power of life and death lies in our tongue. And so we live mm-hmm. and we speak truth and we speak the fullness of the gospel, which is very available for the sexually broken person. Mm, yeah.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. I I love just your boldness. I mean, it always says in the Bible, it says in the Bible that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word mm-hmm. of our testimony. And your yeah. you turned your test into your testimony, your mess into your message. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. for those listening, if this is something that you're struggling with, if this is something that you feel so much condemnation, shame, guilt. you're just like, I cannot tell anyone what I've done. If they knew, mm-hmm. they would not be my friend, they would shame me. Um, I can't tell my pastor, I can't tell my parents. Um, I just you know want to encourage you guys to bring that into the light. Get this book, maybe read this book, and mm-hmm. allow this to be, you know something that pushes you towards that to where you're like, okay, I find freedom in confession. Um, and so yeah, mm. I just I'm just so thankful for your story, and I love that you said that we, like this is exactly true in the sense of, yeah, the world is so bold about sex. I mean, every movie, every TV show, we're learning about sex in the wrong way, mm-hmm. and that's why I mean yeah. my story was really scarred as well because, um, same thing with you when I was and I've never even confessed this before, but when I was ten years old, um, I was with my sisters and my best friend at a hotel, we were like staying over this like weekend with my best friend's parents and her parents were at this conference and we were, um, scrolling through the channels to, um, Mm -hmm. look for like a movie to watch. And that was the first time I had ever been exposed to porn. And, um, Mm -hmm. growing up again in a Christian home, my parents never gave me the birds and the bees conversation. Um, (laughs) really wish they did because as porn came on the TV, I was literally so shocked. I didn't even know what it was. I was so confused. I was like, what was that? And my friend was the one that told me, my sister, she was like, that's how babies are made. And I was like, what? Like, I was so like, disgusted. I didn't even know what to think. And that is when Satan started using sexuality and that stuff against me as always this this foothold to be attacked. And so from that very moment, um, yeah, like I grew up being addicted to porn as well, because I it was like that little door that was open that it like piqued my curiosity. And I never again knew what sex was. So I was like, I'm so confused. Like, how does that work? Where does, where do those things go? Like, I literally started like researching because I was so confused. And then yeah, like just sexuality was always kind of a confusing thing. And then you go to the church and the church is just always like, don't have sex, don't have sex, it's bad for you. And it's shameful. And like the way they phrase it, which is why your book is so good is it's very confusing. And they never really give the why behind it. It's not don't have sex because it's bad. It's don't have sex because your creator is trying to protect you. It's sex. It's not bad. It's from him he designed sex but this sex outside of marriage is where you get the shame and the guilt and the soul ties and all that condemnation mm-hmm. and so I, that's why I just think your your book is so so great and so like I guess you know kind of my question is like where do you think that the church kind of went wrong in explaining sexuality
1: yeah you honestly our, our testimonies our stories are so very similar um and where i see at least in my own life sort of the failings of the church. Now don't get me wrong, I love the body of Christ. I I believe for it and will live my life just sharing the word of God that that his bride, his body would just be refined. But I do see a lot of holes when I look back to my own upbringing in this area of where the church really fell short. And I was sort of similar to you at 9 years old. I was exposed to porn through my dad's stuff. I mean, coming across his own stash which is just traumatizing enough um and you know seeing him wrestle with an addiction and kind of always feeling the weight and shame when I would stumble in on things I shouldn't see but it was my own father who was bringing it into our home and had the older neighbor up the street who took me down to a fort one day by our creek and just told me everything there was to know about sex I'm like I did not ask I don't know (laughs) It was a lot, you know, this is right now. I think the average age of exposure to pornography is nine years old. That's the average. Wow. So now with iPads, with iPhones, with all of this access, there are babies, children who very same, you know, circumstances, you things are being set before their eyes. Many of our eyes, things were set before our eyes in a perverse context And that became our learning tool, like you said, like, because I think my parents assumed the church was having sort of those harder conversations or connecting the dots of the way sex and sexuality tied in with the word of God, with the heart of God, like with our, you know, lives. And I think the church was not fully cultivating that conversation. What I was hearing as well was do this, don't do that. This is right. This is wrong. You know, it's it's sin. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. But suddenly, one day, you'll say I do, and it's wonderful. You're like, right? <laughs>
0: like,
1: it's so it confusing. It just wasn't a full. It was so confusing. And so, because both parties, I think, thought the other was really pouring in and unpacking truth. Really, no one was, and it was the culture for me as well that was shaping my understanding. So I was seeing violent sexual acts as what it was. I remember as a child, before I even had breasts, like telling my mom that I was going to get a breast augmentation when I was 18. Like I saw these women who the world told me, the movies told me, pornography told me this was beauty and this was power. And this was womanhood. And you know, there was perverse thoughts and lust that I had. There was also sort of like what you said, this learning curve. Well, Hey, I'm a virgin. I'm not doing this stuff with other people. I'm watching to learn so I can know what to do in the future for my husband. I mean, we think of every rationalization, yeah. but really what you have are very young people being drowned and overwhelmed by honestly, if you want to go to the spiritual realm, spirits of sexual perversion that are just annihilating our hearts and our minds, our thoughts are consumed, our dreams are consumed. And and yet when the church should be the voice of hope, the voice of truth, the voice of deliverance, the voice of freedom. But I found more often than not, I was hearing people standing at pulpits, shaking their frustrated fists at like the failing morality of the world but really just putting band-aids on bullet holes because they weren't addressing the root. They weren't addressing the why. What is sex? Oh, it's actually God's invention. Why does it matter that we carry ourselves in his way, like by truth? Why does he care? Why should we care? You know, like these deep-rooted questions and answers that would actually change the trajectory of how we carry ourselves. Um, None of those were really being spoken into, honestly, up until I wrote this book. I did not hear or heed much of this teaching from anyone of the world. This was uh, after I came to know Christ in college. Like you said, I went into an intimacy fast and for two years, I just allowed the spirit of God to minister to my heart. To teach me, to heal me, to show me, you know, by His Word what His desire was, and what I encountered in that place was so profound and so beautiful, and transformed everything I thought I knew. And I'm like, how? How are we not? You know, we oftentimes think it's this one time conversation, right? Like the birds and the bees talk you you mentioned, and we think of the parent like sitting down the teen when they're 16 years old. Well too late. The child's been exposed to stuff since they were 10. Mm -hmm. So it's like, really what I learned in this time of the Lord just healing me and ministering to me was this is just like um, our faith journey. All that we learn of God's heart and his ways are relational. It's learned by relationship over time. So too, the conversation of sex and sexuality is intended to be a relational conversation over time. We are to be speaking truth, unpacking, pouring in, cultivating these right-natured conversations over time for the long arc of our lives, because this stuff matters. It winds so closely with our very identity with who we are as men and women of God. I mean, it's to think it's a one-time talk or to think it's a rule list of do this, don't do that really robs people. It really robs those following Christ Mm -hmm. of the fullness of his heart. And um, it has to, it has to
0: shift. It has to change. Yeah, completely agree. And I I love that you said it's an ongoing conversation because yes, like the Holy Spirit can completely set you free. I mean, I I was freed from that addiction to porn when I was 14 or 15 at a camp. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally the Holy Spirit just took it from me. It was so cool but that doesn't mean, and I think, I mean, even reading in your book, like just because God healed you or that you have this like revelation doesn't mean that like, okay, perfect. I'm good now. Like, all right, I'm holy again. Right. It It is an ongoing conversation. It's continual confession. It's continual accountability mm. with people and checking in with people and just being honest with yourself because yeah, it really shouldn't be a one-time thing because constantly culture is changing. Yeah. Sex is being exposed even more, Um, I mean, PG-13 is not PG-13 anymore. (laughs) It's it's rated R now at this point. And so the conversations constantly need to be had. The goalpost needs to keep being moved and modifications need to be made because culture is evolving and we're getting so desensitized to this Right. with social media. I mean, it's crazy what 14 year olds, you know, 18 year olds are are posting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I just can't, that's like literally like kind of like porn. Like yeah. it's, it's so weird to me. And so I think the world often says like, oh, well, sex is not that big of a deal. No. And I'm like, well, if it's not that big of a deal, then tell me why a girl being raped will scar her forever. Right. Tell me why a child being molested will scar her forever. Like sexuality can be so used for good, mm-hmm. but it could also be so used for bad. And that's why sexuality, everything within that realm is so, so powerful and God had a unique design for it that was meant to unite a man and woman and, and to create this amazing special bond as a representation of him yeah. and his bride. Yeah. And the world has just so twisted that to just, oh, no, it's just this fun thing. It's just a quick fix. It's just right. the tribe before you buy mentality. Um. And so it's just so crazy how the world has contorted it. And that's why there's so many people i'm not even just going to say girls so many people wandering around wondering like why can't i get over that person why am i still thinking about them why am i having dreams about them still why am i still dreaming about sex i mean you mentioned that even Mm -hmm. the dreams um why do i still crave um you know to masturbate or whatever it is um and so it really does you guys play a big big part into our lives which is why i wanted to have this open conversation and also to not shame you guys like if this is something you're going through like Mo and I are here to be like we get you like we hundred percent understand yeah anything you want
1: to add to that yeah I mean everything you're just speaking my language, but my heart just beats for these truths it's like the world has made this so carnal, so carnal and has reduced us really to these carnal animals and has really sold us this message of like you're no more dignified or no more worthy than your mere carnality and so do this because everyone else is doing it and who are you if you're not you know it's like oh it's so sickening really if you zoom out and look at it and I my heart breaks because I like you said walked it and knew it too and and the word of God is so full of conversation about sex and sexuality I love that you see the prophetic tie-in of, of what sex even is intended to represent, what is intended to show us. I have a, a third book coming out in the spring um, called Fully Known, an, an Invitation to True Intimacy with God. And it breaks down this whole parallel of just as um, a, a man leaves his father's house and is united with a woman, like the two come together and the two become one flesh. This oneness is known. And and sex was given to us as this picture, this prophetic picture between man and woman to show us the gospel between ourselves and Christ, just as Christ left his father's house, left heaven, and, and took us as his bride, as his own. So the two become one flesh. We are ultimately to know oneness with God, oneness. With Christ, this sanctifying, purifying, intimate love—in the Hebrew, the word is yada—and it refers to this deep intimacy that is really um, the point of our salvation. It is the it is the greatest invitation of our lives to truly know oneness with Christ, and this is what sex and sexuality. Um, demonstrate for us in the natural. And so why it is so hard to see how carnal it's been made, how casual it's been made, even myself navigating, again, this is no shame to anyone. I navigated all of this stuff as well, but like how perverse it's become is that ultimately what's happening is our perceptions of God, of his love, of who he is as our bridegroom, of how he treats us and the freedom and the dignity that he honors us. All of these things are perverted or confused, or we are deceived about when we have um, very broken sexual encounters. We begin to frame who God is based on how we have been treated by others in this most intimate manner. So we don't want to draw near to him because we see him as an abuser or we work so hard to prove ourselves to God because we've always had to flaunt ourselves and work so hard to prove ourselves and perform to please the men in front of us. Or we, you know, completely withhold from all intimacy with others because we're, we're terrified and therefore completely withhold from God. And it's like, When we see that these two things actually parallel each other, it suddenly is like this puzzle unfolds before us. And as we put piece by piece together, we're like, whoa, whoa, wow. The wonder of what he has given us and oh, how I cheapened it, God, like transform me, make me new. And I know in my own life, I I so often think of the um, Samaritan woman at the well, who Christ encountered because when He was waiting for this woman, really, and that's the beauty of it, He was there before she was, and He was, He knew who was coming. Um, this woman came to draw water at high noon, and just separated from the world. Shame was the banner over her life; like she had a reputation that preceded her, and she encountered Christ, and He offered her living water. He offered her something greater, and she wanted it once she understood that he could give her, you know, a living water that never runs dry. Uh, she asked, she wanted that, but he didn't just give it right to her. He addressed sort of the deepest wound in her first. He said, all right. Um, but first go and get your husband. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't have a husband. And he's like, I know you've been married five times. And the man you're living with now, you're not even married to. And she says, who is this? <laughs> who is this that you would know everything about my life? And he, that's actually the first person in the totality of the gospels who he explicitly reveals himself to as Messiah. Mm -hmm. He says, because I am the Messiah. I am, I am the one who comes to heal you. I'm the one who offers you living water. I'm the one who writes a new banner over your story. And it is not shame. It is not rejected. It is not you know the 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 sexual sinner like we've carried so long the harlot i i call you redeemed you are mine and i am yours and there is hope for you there is life for you and this woman runs back to town with another man's name on her lips i mean if you can imagine it she's already the woman who has been married. At times And she runs back to town with another man's name on her lips. But this time it's the name above all names. It's the name of Jesus. And many come to believe in response to her encounter and her faithfulness. Wow. And I just think, oh, this is the God whom I will serve. This is the one who I would give my whole life to because no yeah. other relationship has painted the picture of love for me like this. So this is the intimacy I want to know. And when we stand in that position, man, he heals so much. He changes our view. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing.
0: That's so good. I love that story. It's such like a redemptive story of just God is not here to shame you. Like he's here to pull you out of that slimy pit and put your feet back on a stable rock. And so many people just think like, there's no way I could come to God. Like, I'm so, I'm so messy. Like I'm going to clean myself up first and then I'll go to God. And he's like, no, like come just as you are and I will clean you up. And that's like what he did to this woman. He's like, you don't need to clean yourself up. Like, I love you just the way you are. And I'm calling you out of this lifestyle into something greater that I have for you. And he sets her free. Like how beautiful is that? And that's just, I think there's so many people wandering around looking at you know, Christians is like, we're crazy or like, Oh, you know, your God's just a fun sucker. Like, you know, you guys, you, uh, like, some people are like, how do mm. you not have sex? Like, I don't get it. Because I mean, I've been celibate for like, years now. And so many people are just like, how do you do that? Yeah. Or they're so shocked to hear that I didn't sleep with my last boyfriend. They're like, what? Like, I they just assume they're like, I thought you slept with your last boyfriend. I'm like, no, like, we never did that. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just so crazy that in some sense, yeah. like, first of all, virginity is so looked down upon. I mean, there's movies about it, like 40 year old virgin. It's just like, oh, what a joke you are. And I mean, I know quite a few girls that have, they're still virgins and they're like, either they're like, I just want to get this over with because I'm so sick of being made fun of, or they're just like, I'm a virgin and I don't really see Mm -hmm. like why I'm waiting so long. Like, yeah, I'm waiting for a special guy, but like, what's really the big deal about losing my virginity. And I just want to be like, Oh, just like, please like cherish it because really like, it's not God trying to rip you off. It is him trying to protect you because you know, if you look at both Mo and my story, I mean, I had to go through a lot of healing, you guys, a lot of healing. And I actually want to ask Mo her story about that as well, but I had to go through soul tie prayers. I had to go through just prayers of forgiving people. And I know you mentioned that in your book as well. And You know, like I had to heal from a lot of scars and wounds and things that people have hurt me in the past. So if you're a virgin or if you're waiting, um, cherish that. Look at that as a beautiful gift. That's not something to look, be down upon. Like, don't let the world, don't let others tell you like, oh, you're a joke. You're just a prude, like cherish it. It is a gift and God is going to protect you and use that to bless you down the road.
1: Yeah, so good. And also I just get so... (laughs) I get so mad, I get so like righteously angry when I even think of people, you know, bullying or badgering or chastising those who are, who are working to remain pure, because it's like, what, at the end of the day, if you caved in response to their, you know, words and pressure, what, what at the end of the day, like what for, there's no gain for them, there's only loss for you. If there is any gain for them, it's just that they had some power to influence you away from you holding fast to your own, um, purposes and your own, um, Lord, obedience to the word to the Lord. So I just would just want to just, just bop them right out of the picture. Yes. Coming with that. You're, you're worth so much more than that. Yeah. You're worth so much more than that. And um, yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned the soul tie breaking a few times, and that was such a huge part of my story that I actually want to encourage anyone who's listening in this process as well. Um, you're very right. I remember, I, I think I wrote a chapter called the honeymoon hardship in my book, and it was about this idea that I had that like, Oh, finally I I'm getting married. Like I get to the altar. I will say I do. And Oh, I will turn the page on this like saga of of sexual brokenness really in my life because now it will be like right in the eyes of the Lord and (laughs) what an incomplete truth (laughs) like because I married my husband whom I love best decision ever but I remember being on our honeymoon and and finally able to come together in this right natured covenant and just crying just weeping like I nothing got left at the altar. You just bring your baggage with you. You just bring your soul guys. They just move in with you. And I remember in this time that it was supposed to be so holy, so beautiful, so incredible. I was just carrying this weight of baggage that I had not handled or handed over to God or sought healing for. I really thought I could just kind of hide and um, my poor husband, <laughs> like, he had to pull me up on his lap when, one day on this cruise ship. And he's like, you know what, this is not going to be our story. Like this is not going to be the saga in our story. We are going to invite Christ right into the midst of this, because this now is covenant. This is intended to be holy. And there are things that are robbing and stealing, um, you know, the the fullness of what God has for us. And and we just invited Christ into the bedroom. As weird as that sounds, we invited Jesus actually into our relationship. But I invited Jesus into these new places of my heart of saying, I, I don't want all of this with me. And this doesn't even have to happen once you marry. I love that you navigated this in singleness, realizing healing was needed. Praise God. Praise God that that we have the freedom, the ability to identify that today, wherever, you know, whatever season of life you're in. But I remember one day, the Lord just convicted me um, and asked me if I uh, truly loved others enough to bring their name to the throne. And I was like, well, of course I love others. Like, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he was like, then why haven't you brought any of the names of the men who hurt you or who you sinned with to my throne? Wow. I was like, oh, because I wish they would all disappear. What do you mean? (laughs) And he was like, I want to heal you. And I remember sitting down and just writing. I mean, embarrassing. But I sat down and said, like, Spirit of God, bring every name to my mind. Every name. And there were some I didn't know their name. I literally had to write, like, drunk guy at bar, like, in college. I. But I listed every person that I could possibly think of or that the spirit drew to my mind that I might have a soul tied to because I'm laying next to my husband and these people are arriving in my dreams. I mean, this is not okay. This is not right or glorifying to God. And so I just listed everyone and person by person brought their name to the throne, extended them forgiveness in the spirit or or ask God to forgive me for my involvement in, you know, that relationship. And to to many of those names who I could contact, I even reached out to, um, if I felt it was safe or okay. You know, one of them was not a safe situation. I had been hurt by someone, um, but I, and I I just shared the gospel with them and asked their forgiveness. And it's so funny because some like thought I was psycho. Some never responded. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't for me to control. I had shared right, I had shared my the gospel, and I had sought forgiveness and and it was just really powerful to tangibly see, oh God, you're not just all talk, like you invite us to do these things to move through healing and deliverance, really with you for our freedom, because I felt it was like every prayer, every name, every person. Allowing God to take that, just take that, cover that with your blood. It was like lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter and truly able to walk in freedom. And, um, you know, it still continues. Like we said, it's sort of this rhythmic process. There will still be time. Something's drawn to my mind of my past or, um, you know, of struggles with me and Jeremiah, things we were doing maybe in ignorance early in marriage. And we just go to the throne with it. There is no condemnation or shame for those who are in Christ. And we just bring these things to him. And it's amazing the freedom that comes from breaking these soul ties, from praying the blood of Jesus over our past and our pain. And and by receiving his grace. It's it's changed everything.
0: Mm, so good. So good. And um yeah, I guess just for like anyone listening, I mean, you know, maybe again this is your story. Maybe you've had you know, numerous sexual encounters, or maybe you're struggling, or maybe you're just like, I just don't see the big deal. Um, yeah, I just want to kind of, you know, just speak some healing and truth into you guys in the sense of like, there is no condemnation, as she was just saying, there's no condemnation. And those that are in Christ Jesus, that you do have the chance to be forgiven. And and you don't have to walk around with this shame and, the, and this guilt anymore. Um, I want to encourage you guys to bring it to the light and confess that to someone, seek healing, seek a counselor, speak to a pastor, speak to a parent, a friend, tell someone, pray through this soul tie, um, because Satan's not going to want you to bring this into the light. He's going to want you to be like, no one's going to understand you. Um, this is just so dirty what you did. I can't believe you did this. And so we just want to pray that, that, um, that healing into you because it's yours. It's accessible. It's a free gift. Yeah, and maybe you're even wondering. I mean, I, I once um, was listening because in my Bible study we were watching this six week session about um, sex, and the um, the girl that was leading it she did this pie analogy, and I think a lot of us can subconsciously be thinking this where there's a full pie, and every time and you think that every time you screwed up or you had sex or you you know hooked up with a random guy at the bar it's like God is taking another piece of your pie and he's like, okay, well, you had sex with that guy. So now um, the next person you marry or the guy you or your life, you're gonna just get a little bit less of that pie now. And so we think mm-hmm. and we walk around that that God is gonna be taking away things from us because of our past. When in reality, God's like, I don't care about your past. I don't care what you did. Come to me. I still have a full high for you, still an abundant life for you, still an amazing partner that's going to love you. And, um, you know, I think one of my fears always when I was dating after I had like lost my virginity is I was like, oh, like what guy, what guy is going to love me now? What guy is going to want me because I lost my virginity? Because the guy that I had lost my virginity to, he told me like, well, all that you really amount to is your virginity. And he told me that. And so I, Was walking around for so long thinking, like, man, like a guy's only gonna want a virgin. A guy's only gonna want me because of my virginity. Or now that I lost my virginity, what guy is gonna want me? And so I began to think, like, well, I'm not worthy of a good guy because of my past. And I want to just rebuke that and smack that out of here because it is not true. You still deserve a godly, amazing person um, all God's blessings and truths are still for you. They're not just because you've made a decision in your past does not mean that they're not for you, that you can't be walking in that, having that freedom. And those are not accessible to you. So I just wanted to shake that off of you that he still has a full pie for you.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I, I feel like I personally encountered that and continue to just stand in, in humble awe of the Lord. When I even look at, at my husband. Um, Jeremiah. And I say this to say, I appreciate the gift and the blessing and that full pie of a humble man seeking after the heart of the Lord, like I was blessed with in Jeremiah. But I appreciate it because He was not what I needed to be whole or to be complete. The Lord had so faithfully healed and was so pervasively all that my heart longed for, needed. Like I think of the scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. He had walked with me so faithfully in healing all of these wounds and taking, breaking all these soul ties and like just taking all that I brought him, um, that I felt so complete in him. When he sent Jeremiah, I didn't approach Jeremiah as an entitlement of, hey, I went through all this healing stuff. Like God, you know, it, it wasn't like this entitlement I realized and I could actually receive him as a gift that was not deserved or earned. Goodness, especially when I looked at my past but had been so freely and graciously given from the Lord because the Lord loves us. He loves us. He gives good gifts. And it was, I'm so glad that I had allowed, you know, while there was, like I said before, there was more healing that came following marriage, that intimacy fast, that season of processing and healing before marriage too. I was so glad that I navigated the extent that I knew to in that time, um, because it really did bring me to a place where when Jeremiah came along, I wasn't any longer like the woman with my head hung so low, like, you know, bound by shame and, um, self-deprecating. I could carry myself as a redeemed woman of the most high God and could see the fruit in a man of God and, you know, could have conversation and navigate with him, healthy relationship and, you know, my heart for the Lord and what all that looked like. And then truly receive Jeremiah as the gift that he was. And I just say that to encourage, you know, all who are listening. It's like, he gave me the silliest picture, but I just received the Lord as like this full ice cream sundae and really the gift of that spouse was truly the cherry on top because I had encountered the bridegroom who completed me. The gift of a person to do life with, to come under, to be a helper for, to you know love, to grow family with, Like that was such a, the goodness of God on top of it all. And um, like you said, he has that. He has that for us and he loves us. And it's such a, a beautiful journey to navigate when Christ is at the center of it all, season by season, step by step. When Christ is at the center of it all, we can actually receive with glad and joyful hearts. And like we said over and over, no true
0: freedom. Yeah, so good. Okay, so I just kind of want to start closing out a little bit. Um So something that also I just wanted to touch upon that I thought was just really awesome was that Um, because of Mo, I actually did this 40 day dating fast. And if you guys are, you know, a viewer of my vlog channel, I talked about this multiple times and it was so funny because i heard you just slightly like drop in like, Hey, I'm doing an intimacy fast. And I remember just hearing that. And then I was like, Oh, that's cool. But then for some reason, I mean, not even like for some reason, like it was so evident that God had it for me. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I kept being like, okay, dating fast, dating fast, dating fast. And then I ended up like not remembering your name. So I was literally going down this loophole, like Googling all these things of like, um, what was that girl's name again? Like I found you again. And I remember you talked about an intimacy fast and I just so knew the Lord was tugging on my heart and he's like, I want you to go on a dating fast. And so I did a 40 day one because I was thinking, you know, 40 days is the testing period. And so the very, very beginning of COVID, um, I was like, I'm not going to flirt. I'm not going to date. I'm not going to be on dating apps. I'm not going to do, I'm not even going to call, text, entertain, anything. And during that season, God was so pruning me. He was exposing things that still needed to be healed, healings from my past breakup, like all this stuff. So I encourage you guys to do that. If that is something that you feel is tugging on your heart as well, because I found a lot of healing in that and freedom. And it was just such a great thing. And so again, Mo, just thank you for your boldness and just you just living this out. You are setting an example and you are changing lives and it just means a lot.
1: Oh man, that's so it's so incredible to hear. I I remember when he called me into that myself in college after I I really encountered him and I just thought it was gonna be so impossible. And I didn't know anybody else who was doing it. I was like, am I hearing you correctly, Lord? Because this is the prime of my life and I'm trying to meet us. <laughs> And he was like, no, I want, uh, for me, it was a year, a year of your life. And I remember beginning that journey. And I I speak this to share with anyone listening, like beginning, and maybe you felt this too. it, It felt so daunting. It felt like how this is a break from every way I've functioned, everything I've known, like everything I've sought security in, everything that I have enjoyed, you know, having a my phone getting blown up in text and you know like what is this going to look like and then i remember pressing through in the first chunk of time passed like a month or two passed and i'm like wow i am doing it like and then it was hard but then time is you know moving forth and the more and more ground that is taken with our yielding and our obedience the more and more strength we find and i remember when a year hit i was like Dang, now it they- this time has been so rich and so great. Like I am in no rush to change. And it ended up going almost two years. And it was so, I just want to encourage anyone listening. It was so intimidating on the front end. But if the Lord has put it on your heart and is not letting it escape, and you just keep thinking about it exactly like you did, press in and yield and walk with him. He He, he calls us to things for our good and for his glory. And to know that like my yes, then yielded the ability to share testimony from that and then has helped invite many people to yeses that ultimately it's bigger than like, oh, how much time did you fast? It's like, what did the Lord do in your heart in whatever amount of time he called you to, you know, to know that that's, invited people into yeses that have brought healing and it brought restoration and it brought you know deliverance it's like that's what god wants to do in all of our lives he often just wants our yes and in our yes he's doing so much more and for so many others and we can't always see it at the front end but it's so worth it so i'm just so grateful for your yes too and i would encourage any listener If the Lord keeps that on your spirit, just say, yes, it is possible. And you find him in the midst of it. And you find more of yourself in the midst of it. And that's a really cool place to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much for saying that. So yeah, we're getting kind of long into this podcast. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. It's been such a good conversation. And I just think that so many girls can, you know, relate to this. This is a lot of people's stories. Just a lot of people aren't talking about it. Um, And so I just appreciate, again, your boldness. And so before I close out, just what would you say for anyone that's just trying to heal from a sexual past? Like what would just be kind of your final takeaway tips for them?
1: Oh my goodness. I would speak the truth of scripture over you. His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And his word goes on to say, and he gives more grace. And I just truly believe in trying, I mean, navigating out of a broken sexual past it, it truly um, is an encounter with the spirit of the living God that invites us into a space where when these tender places are poked on, we can know, hey, he's Jehovah Rapha, he's the great physician. And He wants to do heart surgery. He is not piercing you so that you feel the pain and the suffering and the, you know, shame. That's not him. His piercing is one that is is sharp and fine and careful and is surgical in nature. He is ready and willing every day to, to be with you, for you to receive his love, for you to receive his holy heart work it kind of hurts as it's happening, like it's kind of challenging to navigate, but is transformational and truly makes us into new creations. And you are not too far gone. You are not too lost. It is not, I don't care if you say it's decades of my life that have been lost in this now, or this is my identity. This is just how I am and who I am to change this would change everything. He's saying, well, welcome to a new journey with me. My mercies are new every day and I have life and spiritual life abundantly for you. And so press in just like the woman at the well, man, be vulnerable in his presence, just like the, the woman that was caught red-handed and was to be stoned. The accuser's stones fell all around this woman when Christ showed up and when, when he was her advocate and when he was standing by her side. And when he told them, hey, you without sin can cost the first one, well, they all fell to the ground and everyone left. And she stood face to face with her very maker. And his words over her was, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. His mercies are new and he is doing a new thing. And and his invitation stands. He's right by your side. He's right by your will. And his his grace is sufficient for you. And um I just wanna encourage everyone listening to that truth that you're loved
0: and that it can feel hard, but it's really holy. Yeah, that's so good. And and I think my final takeaway tips would just be, um, you guys, it, it is truly to protect you. Sex is a sex is a beautiful thing. It's something that God designed, it's meant for, you know, to to create these beautiful babies, but in the confines of marriage in a safe place where you can trust that person and that that soul tie when it's formed it's it's a sacred thing because you know I can trust this person they're not going to leave me and sex is meant to unite you and to bond you and that's how the way God designed it outside of that it's hurtful it's scary you you feel this like shame and this guilt and that's not what God intended. So it really is to protect you because he disciplines those he loves and we are his children and he disciplines his children because he loves us. And again, I love what she said. You're not too far gone. You're never too far gone. Yesterday's decisions do not have to affect today's decisions. And he's just ready for you, open arms for that healing and that forgiveness. And he doesn't condemn you. And he just calls you higher and says, my child, I love you. And so, um, yeah, thank you again, Mo, so much for being on this. This was such a good conversation. I just, I'm encouraged by it. And I'm sure tons of other girls will be, and guys as well. So thank you again so much for being on the podcast.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and sticking around. I know this was longer, but such a good conversation. And if you want to find Mo, um, Mo, where can they find you on Instagram or anything of that sort? What's your Instagram handle?
1: Yeah, I'm mostly on Insta, just at Mo Isom um M-O-I-S-O-M. You'll get to see all the cute little kiddos. Yes. And the uh, the handsome hubby. But uh yeah, I share um a lot in this area of, of content of sex and sexuality, but also just prophetic words from the Lord and um what he's speaking over his people in these hours and just
0: encouragement. So yeah, at Moism on Insta. Love that. Thanks so much. And yeah, y'all, y'all can check out her book as well if you wanna learn more. It's called Sex, Jesus, and the Conversation the Church Forgot. And I'll have those all linked in the description of this podcast. But thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next Tuesday. And remember to stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys.